season two of click submit we missed y'all but it was so cool to get to meet some of you at nhsdc as well as the naeh conferences it was great to have conversations with you about the podcast and also all of your wonderful work that you guys been doing we're back with some new things and new topics i hope you enjoy it and if you have more cool topics or speakers you think we should have please email us at click submit production at gmail.com Or you can check out our website, clicksubmitproduction.com, and leave a message for us. As a reminder, and for all of the new folks listening, I'm Shakole, the lover of policies and productions, data, um, data standards and quality, collaborations, as well as data shelters. Now let's hear from the one and only Gwen. (laughs) Shakole, it's not fair to make anybody follow you. (laughs) I'm Gwen. My whole thing is making it easier to connect the data we collect to create real world impact. I'm a HMIS person through and through, and I believe listening to our clients will always help us better serve folks and homelessness is solvable. That is what I have to tell myself to get up in the morning. 100%. That is definitely... So we definitely missed you guys. Um, I w- would love to know if you missed us. Um, you can leave us a message about that if so and tell us just what you've been doing in this free time without us being in your lives. Um, you can let us know on the website about that. So I guess you've been wondering exactly where we've been. Um, we've been a little <laughs> gone for a while, a lot, maybe a little longer than we were ex- was expecting originally before we started our next season. But we wanted to just let you know what's been going on with us. So for me, I was extremely tired. I just was doing too much work. Um, I, besides my day job, I have other projects and you know also hobbies that I work on. Just dealing with life. Um, had a death in my uh, immediate family member. Death. Um, dealing with COVID stress. Um, was just it was just too much for me at the time. And I was trying to focus on everything that um, was important to me it was just hard. And it was just hard to get things scheduled because it was just between work and everything else going on. My mind couldn't get to the next step to even think about all, you know, all of the great topics that we can, you know, discuss. So it was just really a hard time for me. And I was just dealing with, because of the stress, um, just sickness and headaches and different things that just was affecting my ability to be my best self. So when I realized it was time to, you know, start thinking through those things and confronting and taking time to focus on me, men, you know, Gwen talked about this and we just decided that it was best for us to take a little break. Um, so I, while well, this was going on with Shercole, we weren't even talking about all this. <laughs> That's, I know we um, were not 100% talking about it. That's we the were crazy. not communicating. Um, I was changing jobs. I also consult on the side. I was helping some friends through some really rough uh, mental health patches, became a single parent, I moved to a new city, I had to put my cat down, uh, and I just kind of fell into a shell, and I was dropping anything that wasn't absolutely essential, and 
probably some things that were essential too, to be honest. Um, and it wasn't until I finally emailed or one of us emailed the other. I was like, I know I've been dropping the ball, but like, I just, I can't keep doing this the way I have been. Mm-hmm. And that was when we were finally like, okay, maybe, maybe we should talk about this and we should take a break. Um, things are going back to normal, settled in at the new city, the new job. I feel enough like myself again that I've even started cooking, which is great because I'm doing things besides just surviving the day. Right. Um, But it's really good to be back. And I'm so glad you are back and we're back together again. (laughs) (laughs) I missed you. (laughs) I know it's been a while. I think that was the, the last time we like really had a conversation conversation was when we were at the national alliance for ending homelessness conference probably the most in depth mm-hmm. well. so yeah so if you didn't realize by now our subject today is gonna be burnout in a data world because <laughs> it's real out here and we want you we want to recognize how real it is for us but also how real it is for probably a good percentage of all of you wonderful people out there listening right now so I guess you may be wondering, some people might not know exactly what is burnout. So I want to give you a little definition and tell you a little of some symptoms of what is considered burnout. So by the World Health Organization, burnout classifies an employee burnout as a syndrome conceptualized as resulting from chronic workplace stress that has not been successfully managed. So some symptoms of this could be feelings of energy depletion or exhaustion. Um, increased mental distance from your job or feeling negative towards one's career, um, reduced professional productivity. And I'll add on to that. It's a lot of physical effects to people in their body and even sometimes just an appearance. Um, like I break out sometimes when I'm stressing my eye, I can't stop twitching and it just looks crazy for me. So that's just some of the things, but it looks different on everyone. But that's some of the main things that you might see when it comes to burnout. Um, also, you know, we looked at some research and I just wanted to tell you a few numbers. Me and Gwen decided not to tell you too many numbers, but we thought, you know, this still is a data blog. Um, and came project. up with so many numbers, y'all. I have too many numbers, so many numbers so in our notes. I'm going to cut some out, but I will put them in a note for you guys, just in case <laughs> you're interested in all of the extra numbers. Um, but a, a recent report from Indeed found that employee burnout is on a rise and it's 52% of all workers are feeling burned out. And that is actually up from nine plus nine percent from pre-COVID survey. So employees of all ages and types are experiencing the impact of the stress, fatigue, and the mental health challenges that come along with the, trying to work in a pandemic world alone, let alone any regular real life issues. <laughs> let alone trying to do two nofos do within a month of each other. And oh my god, let's not forget we, two uh, nofos. Just name. In less than a month. I, you know, when I saw that, I was like, I thought maybe just like, am I reading things correctly? I'm, I have to make sure that, you know, it wasn't me and my eyes were not playing on me. I was like, oh, okay. Phew. Oh, wow. Yeah. My chats were blowing up. Like, did you <laughs> see sure. this? Is this real? Yep. <laughs> I'm 100% sure. Uh, it, it's, it's definitely been... Whew. So um, another thing that we notice also along with burnout is because of, you know, the new, well, not for some people, but for a lot of people, the work from home culture. 
So a study also showed from the work from home culture that 30, 37% of employees um, respondents said that they are currently working longer hours than usual than the pandemic started because of, you know, the work from, I have to agree with that. Since I've been doing, I've been doing hybrid now, but you know, at, at the beginning of COVID and stuff, um, I pretty much was home and I did find myself working 100% way more hours than I was before because you just like, it's not easy it's not the easiest sometimes to turn off when you're in your normal regular environment because you're not stopping to go home or Mm -hmm. you know the building's closing or you know whatever it is so that's something that a lot of people have to start playing with how to separate those two different worlds because it can add on to the stress for a lot of a lot of people and my last mm -hmm. oh I was gonna say and part of it too for me I know is ergonomics like when Mm -hmm. I spend my day at my desk in my Mm -hmm. chair it's easier for me to unplug at the end of the day, but some days I just can't. And I'm just working like right. half of my body, like the laptop's on the floor and I am draped off the bed, like a sloth. Mm-hmm. And like, but the workday just never ends because I'm not ends. Yeah. really working if I'm not mm-hmm. at my desk. Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's true. Um, and it said um, that Indeed said that 61% of remote workers and 53% of on-site workers now find it more difficult to unplug from work during off hours. And mm-hmm. I'm not sure how that plays with, you know, the change in culture and how it got to the, you know, working so many off hours. But I definitely have seen the rise in so many different people of not being able to turn off the emails. And and that's a big one, I think, is also mm-hmm. turning off those emails. <laughs> I got an email from someone the other day. I forget who it was, but their email signature had a line in it that said, uh, my work hours may not look like your work hours. If Mm. you receive this email outside of your work hours, please know that I don't expect a response. I like that. And I love that. No, that is perfect, actually, to put something in that. Um, for a while, I had read the four-hour work weekend. Like, well, this was before COVID. And I was (laughs) doing good with the thing where I would, like, specifically set a certain, um, time period where I would answer emails and respond mm-hmm. to emails. And even if I was doing work after those time periods, I would not send those emails into the next day so I could start conditioning people to not um, mm-hmm. think I'm going to be readily res- um, responsive after a certain period and hours and stuff. So it, I, I've definitely, since COVID, got out of that habit again. <laughs> but, you know, you know, setting up like different, you know, your own set of standards when it comes to those type of things can be a little helpful, I think. At least it was at one time for me when, you know, trying to unplug because it's really hard. Yeah. And especially in our era, in our areas, because of the fact COVID kind of has, you know, just expanded everything that we've, you know, been having going on, trying mm-hmm. to, you know, deal with so many new situations um, on top of all of our current home situations. I think it was even, that made it even harder for us to turn off because we're just like, we have to stay on go trying to make sure our clients are not getting COVID and making sure that we are getting at least a little, you know, information that there's those times that we can get when we're dealing with so many new situations. Everything is a crisis. Yeah, everything. Yeah, we were, everything was literally a crisis at the time. So I can see how it, all of it just got out of hand for a lot of us. And we're just trying to get back on balance and it could be a little hard. I've been using, um, I've been using Toggle lately, which has been really interesting. Because I, you are equally likely to get an email from me at 7 a.m. or like 11 Mm p.m. It's just whenever I'm doing the thing. And so I didn't really have a grasp on how much I was working until I started Mm -hmm. tracking it. 
Oh, totally yeah. Mm -hmm. And I think that's been a really helpful tool, like kind of a reality check. Mm -hmm. How much am I actually working? How much time do I actually spend on these things? Because it adds up over the course of a day. It really does. It definitely does. Yeah, I use Toggle too for um, some of my projects. But yeah, when you start looking at that, even if you're not doing those types of things all the time, but just maybe a one week here or there, just taking a look at, you know, where are you spending the most time doing what type of work um, during your day? It can help you start planning out, you know, where you need to cut hours or think about different things and, you know, those types mm -hmm. of things. So um, there are some causes, some common causes to burnout. And it's not just necessarily our normal causes that we're thinking about due to COVID. But, you know, one big one, and we talked about this before, is like the overload, workload and time, time to complete things. Like, of course, you know, like the two novas, I'm pretty sure that is plaguing a few people right now of, you know, trying oh to find a time to do things for two different ones at one time. So that could be a little stressful for some people. Mm -hmm. Along with that is pressure, like, you know, just in our type of work and making sure that we're doing everything we can for these programs so no one loses funding. That's sometimes that's it's, it gets scary because you want to make you want you get attached and, you know, so in through, um, into all of these types of things and programs. You want to make sure that everyone is performing where they need to perform so no one loses. And that could be a lot of pressure on a lot of people, especially depending on how close and connected you get. Absolutely. Um, there's role conflict. And I think that's, that's probably be a big one for our mm -hmm. community, I think. Because if, if you talk to most people working in the HMIS um, PLR, HMIS leads, they're doing way more things than just being the HMIS lead. Oh my gosh, absolutely. <laughs> like, they're doing a lot of things that should not probably be done by just an HMIS lead. And I know that plays a lot of in burnout because we're not everyone is just doing their job. They're doing uh, communications, like for continuums, mm -hmm. or doing all kind of stuff. They're probably doing. Yeah, like this should be with a design person. This should be right. with your COC leadership. This should be with your CES work group. Like this right. is not all you. Right. It shouldn't. But be. Yeah. <laughs> when you're in this position where you see the things that aren't getting done, mm -hmm. like it's hard to be a conscientious person who cares about your job and cares about the work you do and cares about our clients and see things go undone. And there's no magic solution to balance all that. Right. Right. It's, it's really not. I am a really big advocate of directing that upwards though, right? Like if you get to a point where you can't do everything in a reasonable amount of time, uh -huh. like you're paid for X numbers a week, right? And so right. If you can't do your job in those hours make it your boss's problem. Like, hey, I can do three of these four things. Mm -hmm. Which three do you want me to do? The fourth is not going to get done. Like, unless you fully staff us. Well, that is, and that's another reality. That is definitely another reality of not being fully staffed and mm -hmm. taking on entirely too much on um, for one person. And it's just not a reality to finish things in a timely manner. If one Especially person with the turnover we're still seeing. Yeah, we're still seeing, like, I, I've noticed in a lot of different communities, like when I just, when I'm talking to people, there's a lot of turnover um, mm -hmm. in communities, um, especially in the HMIS world. And that's something that should definitely be looked at a little further just to see what exactly is going on and why we're losing so many people to traditional HMIS and data um, type positions right now. Mm-hmm. 
um, a lack. Another another one is, and this one probably also plays into what we're just saying about is the lack of support from managers, um, with the feedback, fairness, and and equity and participation in decision making. Um, I think that's probably also a big one that plays into why some people may be leaving, you know, this specific field and stuff, um, not being able to be a part of, you know, decision making or they're not feeling fair that they're being like we were talking about before being properly paid. Salaries is a, a cause for burnout and stress um, when you're you're constantly trying to think about how you're not being paid, you know, what you need to live a comfortable mm-hmm. life as well as trying to get your job done and they want you to work all these extra hours when sometimes there are people who have to work multiple jobs just to be able to you know pay for whatever situations that's going on with their lives because they're not being paid fairly based off of what they are offering to their community so that's a big one cause for burnout as well and i would say like there's there's levels to that right like there's a level of income where it doesn't matter what kind of support you have from your manager Mm -hmm. like it's going to be a difficult time but then there's a big middle band I think where having solid management support makes all the difference yes um like I was probably dead in the middle at my last position but I loved my management mm-hmm. and so it felt different I live and die by Allison Green she has this incredible work advice blog but she has this book it's called uh, managing to change the world specifically for like nonprofit managers. Mm-hmm. And I just want everybody who has even one person reporting to them to read it because it's fantastic. Yeah. No, I think it's that's practical. It, very practical is important. Since I became a, a manager of um, employees now, it's been very important because, you know, to me, mental health is one of the most important things because I personally feel if you can't take care of yourself, you're not going to be able to take care of anyone else. So mm-hmm. you have to put yourself first to be able to help others. So it's been very important to me that I continue to encourage people to understand that I take their mental health and their physical health um, seriously. And if you need to get things done, you know, to, you know, protect your mental health or you need a mental health day and you have time, just, you know, do it and take it because it's there for you to take that time and because you need that time sometimes sometimes we just need a day just mm-hmm. to breathe and just just stop and say i need to recalibrate you know just mm-hmm. i think just taking into account what the your specific staff needs are and trying to work with them is it's really important to just take the time to listen like to me that's been a um different for me but it's been you know also <laughs> helpful is just being able to take the time to listen to people and what's important to them right now and what they want and what they need and what they want to do in the future. Cause that's also something to making sure I can give everyone the different um, resources that they need to be successful to wherever they want to go next in their careers and whatever. Which is interesting, right? Cause that's the same mm-hmm. kind of self-determination work that we talk about with clients. Mm-hmm. It's like, you, you know what? Yeah, that's true. Treat your staff with the same respect that you treat anybody else coming through your doors. And that, oh my gosh, that is perfect. <laughs> and, it's, <laughs> and it's sadly not done all the yeah. time. You would think that would be the, the minimum of that. But yeah, no, I agree. I 100% agree. It's the exact same concept. So um, next, it's like we want to talk about two different areas. Like what can we personally do to help us? I help ourselves as well as what can organizations do to help us? Mm-hmm. So like as far as for our, for us and what we can do, like one thing like I just said to Gwen is like take off. If you need to take off people, you've got the time. I know half of, most of you, if you have people, yeah, if you have the time, 
probably have more days because I'm I'm pretty sure you're not taking off as much as you should, <laughs> you know, especially during these seasons when we know the no flow is coming up. No telling oh how much. <laughs> there was years yeah, ago. I, I stopped. <laughs> there were years ago. I stopped doing this. I used to give back time. Because I was not oh. taking off days. Yeah, I don't do it anymore. No. Yeah, there was a time I was giving back time every year because I was not taking off enough throughout the year because I just would not take off. But I'm more time for the people in the back. It is part of your compensation package. Right. Take it the is time. Take the time. Now I take the time. I take my mm-hmm. vacations. I'm I'm not playing with that anymore. So yeah, you gotta take the time, people. And rest, you know. Like, really figuring out, like, rest is hard. And then rest is hard has been hard for me. Figuring out a plan so I can actually unwind and just breathe and relax has been hard. But I've been doing the work to get that. It's really important to come up with a plan of what how rest looks specifically for you. Because it's not necessarily just sleeping. But mm-hmm. where are you going to find some type of peace? I think it's a big one. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. And I... I think that we get a very, and this is part of the bigger self-care movement, right? Like, but Mm -hmm. we're fed a very specific vision of what that looks like. Right. And I desperately want to be the kind of person who takes a bubble bath and stares at the ceiling and relaxes. (laughs) But Shrikol, oh my God, it is so boring. Yeah, that's not my thing. No, I can't do the bubble baths. It just doesn't work for me. Give me a porch. Give me a book. (laughs) That will recharge my soul. Let me not talk to anyone all day. Right. Yeah. It, it looks different. Cause like for me, resting is me going sit at the bar in a restaurant, talking to a bartender and eating me <laughs> a really good meal. That's what I consider rest sometimes. That doesn't surprise me actually having <laughs> seen you at bars. <laughs> so, you know, rest definitely looks different. And I think that is a problem since, you know, everyone's been talking about self-care so much. They try to put everyone in one box that you need to be just going get a massage. And even though I love massages, that's not everyone's thing. And mm-hmm. that's also not everyone's pay grade to be able to, you know, go get a massage what every other week or something like that. You know, you Chicole, gotta find I things have, for yourself. I have a partner whose massages are covered on insurance. <gasps> what? Right. Oh my- Oh, oh, that sounds so beautiful. Just thinking about, oh, a, a <laughs> massage. That I, I think having a massage that I don't have to pay for would be more relaxing. And I probably would have less stress on my back because I know that I'm not even paying for this at the end of the day. That would be beautiful. That's that's, yeah. that's the chef kiss of benefits right there. See, I'm like, I'm going to lay on the futon and call my seven-year-old over and be like, can you walk on my back for a little bit? You know, go over on this side a little more. You know, that'll help out, at least for a little while. Go grab your rock collection and just kind of like dump it on my back and I'll lay here for a bit. <laughs> right. Let's, let's, you know, let's warm them up a little, you know, we'll, I'll get some relief there. I can, that's I can what my hands covers. <laughs> that is hilarious. But no, that's great. Um, You know, when a companies are starting to do more things like that to, mm-hmm. you know, take on, you know, different ways for people to relax, especially people who are in our type of positions who are most of the time not even sitting properly. <laughs> oh yeah. God, I sit like a shrimp. Yeah, like they're just, you know, and we're all slumped over and, you know, those types of things really affect your body over time. It's, yeah, it definitely does. Um, Another big one to me is prioritizing your physical health. Getting those oh. annual appointments, and it's hard for some people. Um, I'm big, 
big on making sure that anybody know is getting your annual appointments of all types. I have a doctor for everything, a specialist for everything, because I just got to make sure things are okay. And, you know, you're so impressive. Especially during COVID, I had to. I actually learned during because of COVID, I, I started having high blood pressure issues. So, you know, because I go to the doctor so regularly, we were able to come up with a plan and get me more stabilized. And, you know, just just making sure you're prioritizing you and your body and making sure everything's okay. It's just really important. And it's, I know it's hard to take off, you know, because, you know, we can't go to... There's, I'm, there are not many doctor's appointments that you're going to do after hours for your job. So I know it's really hard to take those time. But I think also talking with your bosses to, you know, like, oh, I need to do this appointment. You shouldn't most a lot of the times they will. They should not be taking making you take time for the, you know, take a, a few hours for you to go get physical help. And you don't have to say what kind of appointment it is. And yes, you 100% do not. I have an appointment. Right. If they ask questions, oh, just a minor medical thing, nothing to worry mm-hmm. about. That's I don't ask any questions. You just can put on a, the uh, on our calendar. You have a doctor's form. That's all. I, I just that's all I care. And I don't want to know. You don't need. You shouldn't also, have to do that. I do telehealth because I cannot be relied upon to be at a doctor's office at a specific <laughs> time. But I will remember to text my doctor mm-hmm. about medications. So okay. Since COVID, like I am, I'm on antidepressants now and they're fantastic mm-hmm. and I'm very much happier. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, yeah. See people, it's, it's important. physical health. If physical health is 100% important because we can't help anyone if we're not helping ourselves. Mm-hmm. So there are some of the things that we can do. Like for me, it would be dancing to Beyonce, especially the new album Renaissance. It does something for my soul, and it definitely relieves a lot of stress because I think I'm at a disco. <laughs> it, it it really does. It's it's really been great for my mental health. Is Beyonce is normally great for my mental, but this album has been does wonders for me all i just want to do is get in my 70s jumpsuit and just dance do you have a 70s jumpsuit i actually do i mean yes (laughs) and it's like it's really sparkly like with the stripes the 70s stripes like i yes i really don't ask me where am i wearing this too but it feels like if there was ever a moment that happened when there's going to be a 70s party kick out and all I got to do is come to my closet. Other people are going to be like, oh, they're going to be late to the party. I'm not because I already so, have. So here's the plan, Trickle. Here's what we're going to do. NHSDC. <laughs> oh, no. oh it's down the street for me. We're going to host a hospitality suite that is 70s themed. <laughs> you got to dress up. We will have, we will have, I don't know, hats or something at the door. <laughs> Sunshades, yeah. some really huge sunshades. Um, It'll be perfect. I've, I've got a spot all picked out. Oh my god! How many yeah. people need to agree to to join us for you to wear your jumpsuit? <laughs> I, at, at least twenty. I mean, <laughs> I respect this. I respect this boundary. I should have probably said a lot more. Just, just uh, reality we have boundaries on here that's one of the things we're supposed to be practicing (laughs) setting so good job yep hey there we go (laughs) (laughs) so yeah that's you know those types of things they're important and there's so many other things that are important specifically you know to you know you of how you can help you know yourself deal with burnout and stress and relaxation i don't know if gwen do you have any other things that you've been doing lately (sighs) 
Well, I've been biking a lot, actually. Oh, okay. Um, my first bike got stolen, so I got a new bike and a mm. better bike lock. Okay. <laughs> um, but the kiddo and I just go out and we just bike around and it gets me out, it gets me moving, gets me mm-hmm. in the fresh air. And all of those things really matter for me personally. I can That's see cool. the difference like in my mm-hmm. mood. Yeah. If I be inside all day or if I'm not moving around enough. And it doesn't really seem to matter what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. Just anything is better than what I've been doing, which is, like I said, sitting like a shrimp. <laughs> no, that's great. I, I love that. I used to like to bike. It's really nice and relaxing because you just feel the the wind on you and just moving all fast. But I don't know how to act on a bike because I start going too fast. Like I'm back in um, elementary <laughs> school in a competition with I don't know who. <laughs> you know, just race the cars. Right. Race the cars. <laughs> Pretty much. And in Seattle, I'm faster than most of the cars because <laughs> the traffic's so bad. <laughs> so yeah you're you're always winning that's that's a yeah. that's a booster right there it's good for my competitive spirit it, it, it does help that definitely does help i've been also taking some strengthening weight um weightlifting classes and that really helps because you know it makes me feel like i'm preparing for something really important fitness wise you know <laughs> so it's definitely been helping me you know to be a little more energetic especially throughout the day as well mm-hmm. i've also been um I don't want to say making art because that seems really fancy, but like mm-hmm. just making more things. Yeah. Like I've been, I tore up a bunch of old handkerchiefs and mm-hmm. dyed them and sewed them together into like these patchwork shower curtains. And just oh, the cool. act of making something is so yeah. good for my soul. That's really cool, actually. Yeah, that's cool. I like it. It looks very homemade, but it brings me joy. All that, and that's all that's important. What <laughs> brings you joy? <laughs> so the other area we want to discuss a little bit is like, what can organizations do to help us as well? No, this is a big one because it can't just depend on us. Just you know, we gotta we're doing our part, but these organizations that we're working with also have to do their part in this. Mm-hmm. Um, and one of the big ones for me for organization is they need to start thinking about how they're gonna set the support standard. Um, like I was saying earlier, like for me, one of the big things in my new roles was making sure it was important to let people know that um, how important mental health is for me and how it's important for me that they do what needs to be done for themselves. So that's like, you know, making sure that coming in that everyone understands the different things that is necessary or what is available. Like for me, like one of the things I'm starting is we're going to have, we always do this. We have our annual um, culinary um, luncheon and this luncheon is like where uh, all of the restaurants, because this is the non-tourist season, do like three course um, $45 meals for fancy restaurants and like $25 lunches. So we're going to do our lunch. Uh, one of the other things I plan on doing with my team coming up is I'm going to take them all and go see Wakanda forever when it um, comes out. Because we actually, my building is close to a movie theater. So that's another, like, um, like even though, like, the scheduling always to develop the, comp- uh, like, decompression activities. So, like, for me, you know, coming up with activities here and there that I can work into our schedule is important for us to just connect as well as just have a moment just to laugh and just relax a little. Mm-hmm. Connect as human beings. Yes, that's important to me. So important. (laughs) Even for people working at home, they have to figure out different ways to, you know, 
connect for people even when they're working from home. I know like a lot of agencies now who are doing work from home, they have their, their retreats. They have, you know, when everybody mm-hmm. comes together and they do different things like that. It's been a big one. It was interesting because I, I really love conferences. Mm-hmm. It was the most recent in-person thing I was at was when you and I went to NAH. Mm-hmm. I love conferences. I love talking to people. I love all of it. I love the activity. And oh my gosh, for whatever reason, by like day two of this one, I was so done. I just haven't been around that many people. Yeah, this was probably the largest conference I've been to in a while. So yeah, it getting used to being around so many people is it especially since COVID has definitely changed for a lot of people. It it wears you out a lot faster. It just it's kind of overwhelming because mm-hmm. it's like a social, it's a complete social different social setting. Because I haven't mm-hmm. even been to any large concerts or anything like that yet. So that was literally the largest, probably the largest crowd I've been around since the beginning of COVID. That makes sense. Yeah. And it's the little things too, right? Like I was in a restaurant last night. Like, oh my gosh, these tables are so close together. Mm, yeah, and you start thinking about, yeah. It's a normal distance. Right, just, right. It just felt like, yeah. No, I understand. Yeah. So those are, those definitely are things. Because it's... Um, I don't know. Like, I think we can't detangle any of the pandemic from from burnout, right? Because we've been in crisis right. mode for no, so can't. long. But now we're just... It's a more crisis on top of crisis. We're just tired. Just 100%. So tired. I just like, can we get a break? <laughs> we just <laughs> need a break. A break. So let's just give us all a break. You know, can we mm-hmm. not be dealing with another another crisis another pandemic issue in some kind of way oh my gosh did you see them never mind we're not going to talk about yeah let's not even go into it we're not gonna... <laughs> <sighs> so like uh, okay so like another way for organizations to help us is like monitoring workloads and scheduling you kind of touched on that a little earlier just understand i think that management needs to understand what is over you know what is overworking their population and we have to start talking about the different healthy ways to allow our, you know, employees to relax, um, be able to do their amount of work and just protect the careers. We need to start talking about what exactly is a healthy number of work hours and how mm-hmm. can we encourage balancing more of between, you know, you resting and doing work. Because, you know, we can't be giving 200% all the time. I had written 110%, but you're right. 200% oh. <laughs> is, is way more realistic. Um, and this is such a big topic right now, right? Like mm-hmm. overwork, when that means different things for different people. Right. Yeah, it looks differently. Yeah. Because it might be just a, a period, like a season, aka like, you know, two mm-hmm. new clothes. <laughs> like this might be for them, some people, this is the their, you know, biggest season for some people, maybe during point in time season that, you know, whatever it might be, it looks different, but agencies should be under trying to do some type of research around what does that look like for our agency and how can we start to come up with ways to be more efficient, uh, be more effective and cut down the number of hours that our employees are overworking themselves. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's hard too, right? Like, especially if you're in an exempt position, mm-hmm. like where there is that expectation that there's going to be times when you're over 40, 
probably well over 40, if we're right. being honest, like 50 or 60. And where, how, how do you make it clear to your employees that it's okay to take time and to say what is and is not realistic mm-hmm. and also protect their careers, right? Because there's yes. abs- we're all part of, for the most part, we're all part of larger organizations, and so even if you as an individual manager want to say, like, it's okay, nobody should have to work more than 40, more than 45, whatever your limit is, is that going to be something that you can successfully convey to the rest of your organization? Mm-hmm. Or are the people that are working under you, if they take your word for that, are they risking damaging their careers because the right. perceptions they're not working hard enough? Mm-hmm. And that's just a problem with capitalism and our work culture and how we make our jobs or identity, but that is a much bigger thing, but it's something I've been thinking about a lot lately mm-hmm. so as an individual or as a manager. How do you say this is a reasonable amount of work to do and here are my results. Evaluate me on those. Right. No, I get it. Definitely. Mm-hmm. That's a, that's a, definitely a big one. Hmm. Um, another one to think about is prioritizing, um, the workplace wellness plans. You know, you pro- the most you probably hear about workplace wellness plans is when everyone's doing those like healthy eating challenges. Like, um, if you you, you know lose this much weight, we're gonna give you a hundred dollar gift card. You know, that's literally. Oh my gosh, do not talk. talk about weight at work. Just don't. Right, but you notice like that's all. It's always <laughs> some type of health, like some type of healthy eating challenge or um, mm-hmm. oh, the steps, the steps, the, step. the step counters. Yes. yes. Oh my gosh. I'm like, oh, why is it always a step walk. counter, a challenge at some position? Yeah. And no, it shouldn't be. That's not you know, workplace wellness. Right. I think the problem is that we don't, people don't take time to talk to their staff to figure out what is workplace wellness for them. Mm-hmm. I think because there's self-determination. Right. I think there should be times where you take time to talk to your staff and figure out what, what does those things look like? What would be wonderful for your team? Like what? What would you like to see happening at the office? Would you like, you know, this and that? Or is there something specific you think would be beneficial to everybody on the staff? I think we don't take enough time just talking to those people, getting their feedback who are actually working with us. You need their feedback at all times, I think, personally. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And, and um, mm-hmm. you were talking earlier about taking the time when you need a day, like in the context yeah. of a mental health day, right? Mm-hmm. And mental health days, it's a health issue. It can be a sick day. But right. also making sure that folks don't feel like they need to explain that. Right. No, you shouldn't you have to explain say, that to me. Now, you, well, you're not to me. Yeah. No one. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter if it's if it's food poisoning. Right. Or if you just cannot face the world today. The nitty gritty details do not matter to your boss. They should not. Yeah, they should definitely not. It should be just, I'm taking a, one of my PTO days. That's all you need to mm-hmm. say. You shouldn't have to say anything else. You're an adult. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> you're an adult and you have your own time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it is your time to take, not theirs. Um, and Just like, well, this has kind of been an overarching thing. It's um, practicing open communication. 
Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's hard, but it's it's definitely necessary. Just like we're trying to we're doing those different new conversations. Everyone's doing more conversations around racial equity and having those hard conversations about that. We need to have the hard conversations just about you know how are we going to treat each other in the workplace and what you know what are we doing that could be you know different i i think and then cheering on each other and just creating a different environment it's it's all about actually having those hard conversations with your 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 staff and the people you're working not even just your staff it it could be just you know your team but y'all just you know having sitting down having discussions about what is important to you guys and figuring mm-hmm. out how we can encourage and help each other in the the most positive um effective way um as possible yeah and this is a hard thing to facilitate mm-hmm. right because you don't want folks to feel like they have to be cheerful and everything has to be positive right. but also often i want to say always but often if it's just always venting, like that's not going to be productive either. So trying mm-hmm. to find the middle space is so difficult. It's very difficult. Yeah. I don't have the answer, but being aware of it, mm-hmm. I think is helpful. Yeah. Yeah. And trying, yeah. Once you're aware of it and trying, you know, different techniques to see where another conversation can lead, you know, around those things, it's, it, it can work. It can mm-hmm. definitely work, but it has to start somewhere. That's the biggest thing. It has to start somewhere and management has to get out of their own way to be able to help everyone. That's the biggest thing. Mm-hmm. Big fan of shared group agreements. Oh yeah. That's a good one. Yeah. Done those. I love yeah. those. Yeah. I think that's a great one. You know, you, you hear about it more often that, you know, people are doing it with their racial equity teams and different things, but mm-hmm. no, that should be done with your own team. That's a, that's a, actually a great exercise to do in a retreat or, you know, not even a retreat, just in a meeting, creating shared agreements between the people in that specific room. Absolutely. Yeah. I think it's so. not just for racial equity and focus right. groups anymore. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's for everything. It's for everything. <laughs> <laughs> you know, whatever group it is, you know, you can definitely do that. And just overall, I think the biggest one is just setting boundaries, setting your own personal boundaries is number one. Like Gwen was bringing up earlier, setting your own personal boundaries is very important. And, you know, letting people know when you're at your limit or what is your limit look like. I I mean, I have had these discussions with my my supervisor about exactly, you know, when I'm, you know, I feel like I've had, I'm overwhelmed. Um, That's important for me to let them know and when there's something, you know, that I need to step back from for a while, I, you can, if you ever ask my boss, he'll tell you I'm good for a, a stepping down from a project. If I, damn, if it's, if I feel like it's just not working out or if I feel like it's overwhelming, like I will step back from one of those projects quickly because I recognize, you know, easily, you know, right away if, you know, where these things are going and how it's going to affect me and how I can be you know, the most effective in a position, because if I can't, you know, be effective, there's no reason for me to be involved. And see, that's one of the things that's been, I think, a growth area for me over the last, Mm -hmm. like, as I've been coping with burnout over the last few months, um, was just knowing when to say, honestly, this probably isn't going to happen, because I'm always so sure, like, I'm going to catch up, give me two more days, give me three more days, it's it's all going to come together. And it just, didn't Mm -hmm. it just didn't and so by the fourth time I tell myself okay three days I'm gonna get this pulled together it's gonna be okay now it's two weeks after when I thought it was gonna happen 
Yeah. So that was a, an important lesson learned. Mm. <laughs> In this journey of burnout or stress, fatigue, any of those things, it is a journey. Because it's a journey that you have to pretty much take time to just understand yourself before you can even have conversations with management or anybody else. It's just understanding yourself and how, you know, different things make you um, tick and move and feel before you can even disclose those things. And that alone is can be exhausting in a journey, but it's the hard work we have to do, you know, to make sure we're prioritizing ourselves mm-hmm. in these processes. And also... I think what really was kind of the turning point for me was realizing that it's okay for me to ask for the same grace from others that mm-hmm. I'll extend to them. Yeah. Like I had a conversation with a client the other day. I was like, Hey, like I know there was this month and I just wasn't private client. Um, like I know that I wasn't at my usual response times. Like, mm-hmm. and I totally understand if you want to transition this to somebody else, like I'll work with you to make sure that happens. I've got this all documented. I was like, here's what happened. Here's why it won't happen again. And, like we've recommitted, we're starting a new project together, but like just being able to have that conversation and ask for that space right, has been really powerful. And it's been really lovely to see how folks respond to that because mm-hmm. I didn't, I don't know, like there's a little bit of imposter syndrome there, right? Like you don't think that you deserve grace when you're burning out. Right. Right. No, but, I agree. Mm-hmm. No, I think that's right. And I think that's powerful. Just, you know, asking for grace is a big one like or even if it's if you need a starter place kind of like what Gwen was saying earlier about someone's um email um um the email signature message you know just mm-hmm. putting some you know little lines starting small you know just putting a little line in there and then you know finding different ways to ask people for grace. well look you know such and such you know thinking out those types of conversations I think that's important too that's a great um idea and thought Gwen Thank you so much, Nicole. I think this is a really helpful conversation. Yeah, and I, I hope it speaks hope, to folks. Yeah, I hope it does, and I hope you start speaking, you know, and thinking about these things and how it, um, how it's might be, it might be affecting you. Sometimes you don't even recognize how it's affecting you in the moment. That's happened to me many times. I didn't know until it was too late. So just mm-hmm. you know, taking time to like, hopefully, these different things make you want to sit down and think through those things and. And start thinking about, you know, what you can do differently to help with you and your stress levels um, as we continue to do all of this important work. Well, guys, we thank you for listening to our first episode of season two. And we will 100% be back (laughs) (laughs) with a new episode soon. Um, Definitely leave us some messages and tell us some of the things that you're doing or what your community is doing. And we will love to share some of that information with everyone. Thanks, all. Bye. Thank you.